Welcome to True Drew Podcast, your source for all things Nancy Drew. I'm your host, Avery, and on this podcast, we'll discuss everything from the Nancy Drew books, to computer games, to movie adaptations, and TV shows. Nothing is off the table. So if you're a True Drew, you'll definitely want to tune in for this podcast. All right. Hello, True Drews, and welcome to another episode of the podcast. This is episode 17, and today we're going to be talking about the Whispering Statue. So I know the last couple mysteries we read were kind of duds, or at least I thought they were. They were a little harder to get through, but don't worry. This episode will be a little more fun. I actually enjoyed this book. It was it was fairly decent. There were some funny things in it. There were some good plot points, and I can't wait to talk about it. So I always like to start with the covers of these books, and we're actually dealing with two separate covers for The Whispering Statue. And the first version is the Russell Tandy cover which is from 1937. And in this edition, we have Nancy in the bottom left-hand corner. She's got the blonde hair. She's wearing a lighter colored dress, and she's kind of crouched behind the statue, and she's mimicking the whispering. And there's a man off to the right side of the cover who definitely looks shocked by this. I mean, and rightly so, if Michelangelo's David started talking or any kind of statue started talking around me, I'd probably be pretty freaked out too. But this cover has a lot of blue on it. It's it's a really pretty cover, and we can kind of see the ocean in the background. But the second cover is the flashlight edition, and that is the book that I remember as a kid. And again, we've got Nancy's disembodied head. They, they really like to use this method in the 60s and 70s when they revise these covers. They're just like, okay, we're going to put all this subject matter, and then Nancy's head is going to be floating somewhere in the background. But this cover is very blue as well and Nancy's kind of peeking from behind this statue which looks quite a bit like her which is a central part of the book and this is also I should have said this before but this is the 14th book in the series so we're getting farther along in this series. So I came up with a couple cover spoofs for these covers and the first cover the 1930s version I said ready or not here I come because it kind of looks like Nancy is playing hide-and-seek And for the second cover spoof for the revised flashlight edition, I said the mystery of why is Nancy morphed into a tree. I do like these covers, but they're not my favorite, so I gave them an overall rating of two magnifying glasses. There's definitely some better Nancy Drew book covers out there, and there's there's definitely some worse, which we saw, you know, a couple episodes ago. Now, there's quite a few characters in this book, but of course we have Nancy Bess and George. They're solving this mystery together, but there's also a Miss Miriam, and she's the one that we've kind of been commissioned to help solve this mystery for her. There is a Willis Basswood, who is a bookseller and antique salesman, and he has an assistant named Mr. Atkin at his store. And there is a yacht club owner named Mr. Ayer, and that is where this mystery takes place, is at this yacht club. And there is Dick Milton, who is a boat attendant at the Yacht Club. So I came up with a brief synopsis of what happens in this book, and we'll jump right into it. Carson has someone named Mrs. Merriam over for dinner, and she has a mystery for Nancy to solve. The case of a missing, whispering statue. During dinner, the doorbell rings, there's a knock at the back door, and a threatening phone call all at the same time, and the message is clear. Nancy must drop the case, or else... 
Nancy is also told by Mrs. Merriam that a Willis Basswood, who was helping her sell some things from her estate, hasn't contacted her in a while, and she's afraid he may be conning her. Nancy decides to don a disguise and the alias of Debbie Lindbrook for this case. She, Bess, and George get kidnapped by a fake taxi driver at the airport in Waterford, but finally make it to the yacht club. There, the girls waste no time wrecking a boat. After being on the grounds for less than 24 hours, Nancy finds the whispering statue in a shed and suspects that the thieves hid it there and may have tampered with it. Nancy decides, as Debbie Lindbrook, to get a job at Mr. Basswood's antique shop to also follow up and see if he is cheating Mrs. Merriam out of her money. One day, Mr. Atkin has a heart attack and Mr. Basswood is mad about the fact that Nancy was in his office. Nancy discovers a connection between the shop and the reproduction statue, which has MDK on the bottom. Nancy follows a lead on Marco DeKir and finds a note about the whispering statue at his studio. Nancy follows the twists of this mystery and ends up being shoved inside a statue before being rescued. The bad guys are arrested and the stolen statue is returned to the yacht club. So we have quite a bit of art heist and art fraud in this mystery, but I came up with a newspaper headline synopsis and it is just teen detective uncovers fine art fraud, priceless statue returned to yacht club. So I took down several direct quotes and notes about this book because that's one of the most fun things to do when reading through these books. It's so funny, the things that stick out to me now as an adult that kind of went over my head as a kid. So the first thing that I wrote down is one guy rings the doorbell, another knocks on the back door, and the phone rings at the same time. Obviously, it's all connected, but the police act like it's a groundbreaking assumption when Nancy is just like, it's all connected. They... Like, that's pretty much what the police do in this series, though. They bumble around and they take the lead from Nancy because she knows what's going on. I had to give this crime ring props, though, because they all, like, ring the doorbell, go to the back door. They they were just, like, all about intimidation. They're like, we're going to go ding-dong ditch Nancy Drew. And they really don't ditch. They, they kind of come in and, and try to beat Hannah up. But, yeah, quite the intimidation tactics here. So Carson says that Nancy can solve this mystery if she uses a fake name and wears a disguise. And I wrote cool because I really liked how Nancy and Bess used disguises in Password to Larkspur Lane when they infiltrated the um, assisted living place. But uh, Bess suggests the name Carrie Fisher. And so I'm assuming this was revised around the time that Star Wars was big because I thought that was funny. But Hannah decides that Debbie Lindbrook is going to be the alias that Nancy uses. And there's some notes further down the page here about her disguise, but we'll get to that in a second. Also, I was so excited because this was the first mentioning of Nancy's dog Togo that we get was in this book. And he's just described as being a little terrier. And I think in the Her Interactive Computer Games, he looks like a bull terrier. I think it's in... Danger on Deception Island, you can see a picture of Togo on Nancy's laptop, but I thought it was so cool because I, I think I mentioned a couple episodes back, I was like, I want to know when Nancy's dog Togo comes into the picture. So he comes into the picture in the Whispering Statue. My next note just says, according to Miss Merriam, the Whispering Statue looks like Nancy. See, this is kind of an interesting plot point we see in these books several times, like you know, sometimes Nancy has an impersonator like Gay Moreau in The Mystery at Lilac Inn. And sometimes there's just people that look like Nancy or have a similar name to her, similar initials. So 
I thought this was interesting that the statue looks like Nancy because in the revised edition, it has the flipped up hair, like the 60s style, which I'm like, you mean to tell me that this statue from like the 1800s uh, by this Italian Renaissance sculptor is like going to look like a girl from the 60s, but you know, whatever. I'll suspend my, my disbelief. So we're to the part of my notes where we're going to talk about Nancy's disguise as Debbie Linwood. So Nancy just uses a wig. It just says a dark, longer wig and tanning lotion. And I was like, okay, that doesn't really seem like a real significant disguise, but I don't know. Maybe Nancy can pull it off. It is pretty funny, though, because at several points in this book, Nancy's like, call me Debbie. Like, she has to keep reminding George and Bess, and there's at one point, like, the thieves try to catch Nancy in a lie, and they announce, like, oh, there's a message for Nancy Drew when she's on the beach, and she almost jumps up to go get it. So, uh, yeah, it, it's probably pretty complicated keeping up with an alias and keeping up with all that tanning lotion like I can only imagine. So my next note is just the taxi from the airport takes the girls to the quote-unquote yacht club and the building is described as being weather-beaten and the driveway is weed-choked and George says this is no yacht club and I was like what was your first clue George? Like this doesn't look like the brochure. It was also kind of convenient how that taxi driver was just like, yeah, I'll take you there. And he like jumps in line and tries to intercept the girls. And I mean, you know, he seemed a little bit too eager. I knew something was going to happen. It's also kind of equal parts hilarious and equal parts terrifying because they jump out of the taxi and there's these two men who just run out of this abandoned looking building and they're trying to catch them. And Nancy like jumps back. They get back in the taxi and they steal it. And uh, Bess is like, She's going over the moral implications of stealing a taxi, but then she's like, well, we would have been hurt or, you know, kidnapped or who knows what. And so she's like, Nancy had to do it. But yeah, it's kind of funny because the, they say the men are like running and they're trying, but they can't keep up with them. But I'm, I'm just picturing it. And it seems hilarious. They should have gone with an Uber. So, my next note has to do with boats. And as you can tell, this story takes place primarily at this yacht club and I think you know where this is going there's going to be some sort of boat accident or boat mishap because it's a Nancy Drew book and I've actually been keeping tally and I think we're up to like six or seven boat sinkings or boat mishaps it's it's quite substantial I just checked my official scorecard and we are up to six boat accidents so far and this is only the 14th book so I I don't know I can only imagine what happens in the rest of the series but yeah, there's quite a bit of boat terminology. There's like a few pages where they just go on and on about how great of a sailor Nancy is. And I'm just like, I, I beg to differ. She sank quite a few boats. I'm just saying. But We Scott is a name of a class of sailboats. And the girls take this boat called Top Job out. And Nancy has to wear a swim cap over this wig that she's wearing as her disguise. And she hates it. She just hates it. So George comments that it's better than getting the wig all tangled up in the rigging. And of course, right after she says this, the boat starts to sink. Of course it does. And it's just comical because Bess is throwing this rope around and it goes in the water and Nancy dives down for it in her wig. And she comes up and she says, the old lungs took a beating. And I was like, Nancy, you're 18. Like, slow your roll. And you're not that old. But also, she just 
dives in with this wig. I'm like, I can only imagine what this thing looks like by the end of this mystery. It probably smells like seawater and it just is probably really rank. But I did think it was very interesting. George mentioned skin diving again. And we haven't seen a mentioning of skin diving since Nancy and old John McBride went skin diving in Mystery at Lilac Inn. And uh, yeah, I'm like, is it scuba diving? It has to be. It sounds so similar, but we'll never know. My next note just says some guys in a van try to cart this statue off with no documentation whatsoever. And Nancy kind of puts them on the spot and she's like, what, you know, permissions do you have to move the statue? And they just keep saying, ah, we got orders, but they won't show any paperwork. And so Nancy's able to scare them off. Also, okay, this next note, this is groundbreaking. Okay. So you know how we're always talking about the fact that Nancy doesn't have a job. Well, she actually gets a job in this book. I was floored when I turned the page and I saw that Nancy was getting like actual employment. I was like, whoa, hold up. Stop the presses. Nancy Drew is actually getting a job where she might get paid. Like not only do we get our first mentioning of Togo in this book, but Nancy gets a job. It's crazy. So she goes to work at Basswood's art gallery and go undercover. And she's kind of trying to do this to see if Mr. Basswood is selling Mrs. Merriam's things on the side and not paying her for them. But this whole exchange where she gets hired is hilarious. So basically, Nancy's job interview goes a little bit like this. And Mr. Basswood says, have you worked before? And she says, no place. And then he says, know anything about statuary? Very little. And then he says, how about rare books? Not much. You're hired. (laughs) Like if Carson Drew could see Nancy now. She's going to work at this art gallery, and she knows absolutely nothing about fine art. It's perfect. Even despite this, though, Nancy, like, somehow persuades people to buy all this fine art. It's kind of funny, and she that's how she kind of gets the job is because she helps make a few sales before she's even hired, and Mr. Basswood's like, who is this annoying girl? And then he's like, ah, she's making me money, so I gotta hire her. So this next note is kind of funny, but Dick Milton, the boat attendant, at the yacht club. He's kind of helping Nancy, Bess, and George solve this mystery, and they happen to be eavesdropping at one of the lower windows at the art gallery one night, and Dick just falls right through the window and into the cellar, and he just has to stand up and tell Basswood and Atkin, like, oh yeah, I was just walking down the alley, and then I just happened to, you know, lean down, tie my shoe, and then I just fell through this window. (laughs) Like, apparently they're pretty stupid because they believe it, or they at least are just like, get out of here, and they make him leave, but oh my gosh, that that scene, I was just like, oh no, what's gonna happen? Dick's gonna just ruin this for Nancy, it's, it's all over, but it was fine. Now, this next thing that happens is so Scooby-Doo that it's so unbelievable, but Nancy, Bess, and George sneak into the store, and they're trying to figure out what's in Mr. Basswood's office. And they go back in this back room where they see reproductions of these statues. And someone, you know, comes in. They hear someone trying to unlock the door. So what they do is they hide in these empty frames and pretend to be portraits. And they turn to the side and they just freeze. And I was like, what in the world? That's almost as bad as Dick falling through the window. But I was just like, oh my gosh, we're, we're doing this. We're really doing this. So after this point, there is also a boat that tries to run into Nancy and George uh, while they're in another boat. They're at least in another boat. They're not like in the water, you know, swimming or anything. But I was like, oh my gosh, like the boat accidents never end. 
And as if that's not enough, Nancy is actually shoved inside the statue. And that was pretty crazy. But I have started, I mentioned a scorecard of all the near-death accidents that Nancy almost has. And there's like boat accidents, drowning, being locked in somewhere, kidnapped. And then there's unique circumstances. And so, so far we have thrown in a cistern and trapped inside a statue. I should also take this time to mention we never actually figure out what the statue was supposed to be whispering because the woman that the statue was based off of, all we know is that she was from Italy and she was homesick. She actually died because she was homesick for Italy and this statue is supposed to be turned facing towards Italy, but we never get any kind of solid confirmation on what these statues actually saying. There's some cute ad-libbing at the end of the book where you know, I think it's Bess or George, and she's like, oh, Nancy, she's going to tell you about your next mystery, but it's never really confirmed. I like to think that if we could hear what the statue was whispering, she probably would have been saying, Nancy, stay off the water. Stay away from boats. Because seriously, like, how many more boat accidents can this girl have? She has nine lives. So for the next part of this podcast episode, I have a section called Add That to Your Resume. And the first thing that I said Nancy could add to her resume is she's a fine art aficionado. She starts out not knowing much about statuary or fine art. She probably couldn't tell Picasso from her elbow. But towards the end of the book, she starts to get a little more taste and a little more knowledge about art. For example, Nancy's able to distinguish some of the things that make the reproductions reproductions and the authentic art pieces authentic. And the next thing that I said that Nancy could put on her resume is that she's a working woman. She has actually had a job where she, I don't believe it mentions that she's paid, but it's assumed that she would have been paid had the art crime ring not been busted up and she hadn't solved the mystery, but you know. She was on her way to making a steady paycheck. Now, for the What's Cooking with Hannah Gruen section of this episode, Nancy was mostly at the Yacht Club, but she was briefly at home, and I just wrote down that Hannah made raspberry shortcake, which sounds absolutely delicious. Now, we'll move on to the things that I liked about the Whispering Statue and the things that I didn't like. So I really liked the fact that Nancy was working undercover. I mean, she is in most of her mysteries, but she took it to the next level with her disguise. I may not agree with her methods of disguising herself with tanning lotion, but I do like that she was really truly undercover. And I also like the fact that Nancy actually had a job for like a split second there. It was, it was very refreshing. I was like, wow, you know, this is what, what it could look like. Nancy could be working in an art gallery and she could be making, you know, some sort of money. I'm sure, you know, she's got Carson's money. She doesn't need that job. But still, in that half a second, she was very relatable. Now, the thing that I didn't like was Nancy almost suffocating inside that statue. And she wasn't in there for super long, but just, uh, just that, uh, just claustrophobic is, is, it's just, ugh wouldn't want to be in a statue. And it honestly made me think of Secret of the Scarlet Hand, the computer game, when Nancy's in this monolith, spoiler alert, and it's just, she's like, I can't breathe. Ugh, 
So yeah, was not a fan of that. Now, as for the overall rating for this book, I gave it three magnifying glasses. It was so much better than the last two books, The Message in the Hollow Oak and The Mystery of the Ivory Charm. I felt like it had more of a plot like I was used to seeing in the previous books. The two we did in the last couple episodes, they they were just not enjoying for me to read, but this one was it had its moments it was funny there was some suspense there were some boat accidents and yeah it was it had it all so yeah that concludes this episode for the whispering statue i hope you all liked it and if you all follow along i hope you will give us a review over on apple podcasts and spotify or anywhere that you're listening And I hope you all will tune in for next week's episode, which will be about the Haunted Bridge. If you like creepy old men and lost jewelry and spooky golf courses, then you won't want to miss this one. Until next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of True Drew Podcast. If you'd like to stay up to date on the latest information and new episodes, our Instagram is True Drew Podcast. Or for general inquiries, you can email us at truedrewpodcast at gmail.com. 